Throughout human history, the so-called believers get so insular that only a remnant truly believe. The rest are just cultural believers. They sort of believe, and especially on holy days. Eventually, the remnant become larger and the cycle creeps in again. A new remnant then keeps the faith and so on and so on and so on. So who are the true believers today? The commandment, testament-keeping folk? The ones who fight and squabble over who sits on the right and who sits on the left and who gets ordained? The ones who pontificate on TV? And what's the world hearing today from those who profess to believe? Are they seeing God only in those who respect, love, and feed them and heal their unbelief? Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Welcome to this last study on biblical missionaries and Bible missionaries. We have the hosts, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves again in case none of you watched any of the previous shows, which I wonder why. Um, and tell me, what do you like listening to and why? Uh, my name is Phil Riley, and I like wa uh, listening to a certain podcast um, that's all about just kind of interesting facts, things like that. I love interesting facts. Interesting facts. Okay. <laughs> uh, my name is Michael Martell, and I enjoy listening to Christian contemporary music. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> and I'm Janelle Phillip. I like listening to the Holy Spirit. Oh, look at Ooh. that. Okay, I How do like listening to the Holy Spirit, but I also like listening to all kinds of music. Bluegrass, everything with a good message I'm listening to, despite the beat. Specifically, I like to listen to the Holy Spirit. It just adds so much joy and enough drama to keep my life going because I have no idea how that's going to work out sometimes. <laughs> it's a great way of building a relationship with God. So the Holy Spirit thing I can relate to. Yes. And in terms of listening to, I think uh, rain. Oh, oh, rain's good. Rain. Rain is actually Common. great. My daughter reminded me that of recently. She says, and she's just praying. She's actually praying for rain, not the biblical type. But I mean, <laughs> I'm sure she does that too. But she was watching the weather forecast. and goes, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. I'm going to hear rain. Mm. I remember that from when I was a kid. I think I forgot that. But it's Another great one is like crickets in a meadow. That usually happens when I start talking and I listen to the audience. Yes. Did like you now. hear those? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Phil, if you could read scripture and pray for us, I think this is going to be an interesting one. Sure. <laughs> okay, this is Romans 16, um, 25 to 27. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest, and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations, according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. To God alone, wise, to God alone wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you will be with us in this conversation, that you will lead us, and that you will touch us in a way that really inspires us to get to know you more. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So what is the world listening to? What do they hear when... when, when Christians get up to preach. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> be nice. That's a, that's really why because there's a range of people that call themselves Christians. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. They hear all kinds of messages. There's messages that pe that push you know financial gain. There's messages that push Christ first. There's messages that push um, love and love only. There's messages that push all kinds of things, so I think they get a lot of messages. You know, you're, the word that you used most in that whole thing was push. <clears throat> mm. Oh, that's powerful. Pushiness. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm not sure. Yeah, if, I mean, that. 
being on the other end of whoever's pushing, I don't like being, I don't like to feel like I'm being pushed. Mm -hmm. Well, especially with religious things, because a lot of times with the religion, there's only one way forward. And right. so if you're being pushed towards that, then you're going to be, I mean, you're pushed towards what someone else believes is the only thing. Mm. So if you're being pushed towards that, you're going to try and go the opposite direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I, the moment we say this about the, the whole idea of pushing, I'm sure there's some, some well-versed King James type, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but the people that come from way back there that will bring the idea of the shepherd. The shepherd pushes, but the shepherd doesn't really push. They lead. There's a difference. There's a little YouTube clip about this goat. I don't know if you've seen it, where, they, where somebody tries to push the goat away and gets really mad, and so it starts knocking everybody in that road. Nobody can push the goat. Because mm. mm. it just butts them around, and if they kick the goat, it waits for a while. As soon as they turn around, it just runs behind them and kicks them out. <laughs> I think a lot of times in how we deal with presenting <clears throat> Christ, mm -hmm. we come across like we push against the goat, so to speak, mm -hmm. and not realize that that doesn't help anybody. Right. So we, should we then be turning to an avenue of just really more showing or displaying? And I think that's maybe a shift that I try to be. I try to show, mm -hmm. I try to display mm -hmm. um, the message of Christ and, and his love and his mercy and forgiveness as it was given to me. I try to radiate that out to everyone that I come in contact with. Now, I don't get it right all the time, but I really try to, every day, try to just portray that because I know for me, when I, growing up, I, a lot of things were placed and said, if you don't, then you're this and this and that, and it really did make me recoil and kind of move away from it. But when people in my life just said, listen, it's just, just, just come on and let's just go talk and let's just hang out and, you know, what's on your mind and you want to get something to eat, food always works well. Um, always. <laughs> always works well. It, at that point, I'm really open to listening because I felt they cared about me and we were able to go. See, I think, I think that's powerful too, though, because it's like your question, what are they hearing? They hear too much. Mm. Do they that's see enough? And, and, you know, people push all of those messages, but do they know what those messages look like? Have they seen what those messages look mm. like? And that's what I always get worried about. You know, people can push things and they can push it real good, but can they actually, like, display those things? I think this is one of the reasons why in Scripture you have the stories. You have the story of Saul and Paul. Saul was very adamant in his approach, whereas mm -hmm. Paul was not just diplomatic, he was kinder in the way he he related to people. So when he wrote to the Corinthians, it wasn't, well, here's what I have from my heritage. He wrote a book to the Corinthians, understanding their sensibilities and, and who they were. Um, how does, the world today, how, how do you work with this whole idea of judging s someone's salvation? Mm. And, and I mean, if, whether it's non-Christian or Christian, it's, it's such a big part of how we portray ourselves in public. We, we, we don't judge anyone's salvation. That's we do. Not we here shouldn't. on earth. We shouldn't. Well, okay, right. yeah, okay, well, we yeah. do. But we shouldn't. Yes, yeah. thanks, thanks, Mike. We, we shouldn't. It's not our place. It's not our role. Because every day we mess up in some capacity. But every day we need grace. Every day we need forgiveness. Every single day. And yes, you know, once we, we, we profess to, 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 
to believe in Jesus and we go forward and we're, we have the covering of his blood, but we're still human and we're still imperfect. And so we do it, but we really shouldn't, and we have to check ourselves. But see, it's, it's this thing of, okay, we all want to be missionaries, and whenever we think of the word missionary, we think of going to places where people are not as, as light as skinned as we are. So it's usually mm -hmm. the darker country, whichever country that may be. Um, it was weird, because growing up in India, we thought about missionaries to countries in Africa or Papua New Guinea, and we're like, why not our own neighborhood? Mm -hmm. But in, 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 in cultures right now, we've got this cultural missionary thing that's going on, but, when we, when, but our judgment of other cultures in society, we, we rail against Hollywood, we rail against the media, we rail against all these people that we think are different from us. Isn't that judging? I think part of the problem is that we, we want to be judge and juror. And the thing is, is that we have this, we have the Bible that we already ascribe to as truth. And because there are definite truths presented in scripture, we think we've got everything we need to pass judgment. And so when you're, when you're, when you're going out and you're trying to share the, the gospel, the good news, you, I think most people sometimes end up feeling as if, if I go out and share the good news, that I'm also responsible to point out how people live, how that doesn't coincide with what the <coughs> scriptures say. Like, mm -hmm. you take that responsibility upon yourself, and that's not what we're called to do. And, and somehow, because it's listed here what a sin is, mm -hmm. what a sin looks like, what living like Christ looks like and what living unlike Christ looks like, we think we have to point that out to someone else. And that's the job of the Holy that's Spirit. That's a very good point. Yeah. Because most of the time, but I'm going to be honest, I, I honestly believe a lot of the times we're pointing out and we're judging or even, I mean, which we shouldn't, but we're judging soul salvation based on what we are seeing with our own eyes. Right. Which without is not much. Of, without Without understanding, with even out, without knowing. <laughs> and that's when we've gone so far. You know, it, it, we've gone way too far with that. I, you know, I hear, I was somewhere the, this past week and somebody was telling a story about, or maybe I heard it on TV, but somebody was telling a story about they thought somebody was, was homeless because he was in a wheelchair and he had a cup. And so they dropped money in his cup. And he said, thank you, but I'm not homeless, but I'll take your money. <laughs> he really just w was sure. in a wheelchair, and he happened to have a cup, and he was drinking from the cup. But based on what was perceived, oh, man, this automatic thought, this person, you know, meaning well, but just thought and just put, put their agenda on what they saw. And right. that's what we often do. Sure. We'll look at someone and we say, oh, their, their hair is black and they might have heavy makeup on or so forth. They've got to be, you know, worshipers of the dark side or something of the sort. And we really don't know. Maybe they were abused. Maybe there's other things there. But we don't take time to know because we're looking mm -hmm. and running with it. And now if you don't quickly just say, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're going, you know, we're judging your salvation. Well, throughout century, uh, centuries, throughout the history of the world, like, when have we ever been good at judging? I mean, <laughs> in Christ's day in the, the Gospels, you see the Pharisees, who would have been the picture-perfect ideal of religious people, and yet Jesus just gets on them about how they're living a lifestyle contrary to what God would want. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if we really kind of set ourselves up as being judgers, we're, we're really missing it because, like you said, all we can see is what's on the outside, mm -hmm. and we don't really see who the person is, mm -hmm. and that's really what matters. So uh, this idea that we are exclusive, um, it almost borders on arrogance. So at the same time, we've got this whole thing about Christianity. Christians say that they are the only, that's the, 
only true path of salvation, which sounds again very arrogant if you're not a Christian. Right. If you're not, if you're not a Christian, that's that's. I was playing customs once, and in a, in a country where the religion wasn't Christianity wasn't the majority religion, and one of the other people say, "Okay, if you're coming to save us, who's going to save us from you?" Mm. Mm. The idea that I am going as a missionary to save somebody is what we always say. We have to go save you. How does that come across? It does come across as arrogant, as if, as if we have some path of salvation or we are the path. But the Word of God says only Jesus is the path. And so we aren't the path. We can be a vessel to take the Word, but we really have no idea how that ends up at the end of it. I mean, it could be like, you know, one of the thieves on the cross at that last minute they accept. We're so busy trying to, trying to go off of what we see or what we determine, and it's really not about us. Right. It, that's the part. It's really it's not about, not about yeah. us. It's not about... Our, our organization or the individual of the local church. It's about, if it's about God. And I, I think we forget that. We get so caught up in the passion mm -hmm. of our involvement that we tend to forget it's about God. And I feel like we also have to, or we take it on ourselves to do the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. And we kind of leave the Holy Major Spirit mistake. on the side. And I loved how, you know, when we were going through the lesson on Philip, I love how it leads. Philip. Oh, yeah. really? Oh. <laughs> Bringing Philip into this conversation. Um, Bringing it back to Philip. <laughs> no, I yes, love Philip. How, what would you like to say to the class now? <laughs> I love how it talks about like he was led by the Spirit. You know, it, it, it emphasizes how the Spirit led Philip in order to minister and to be an evangelist to certain people. In that case, it was the, uh, the gentleman in the, his chariot or his, his carriage. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like we kind of leave that aside and we assume that it's our job to be the Holy Spirit as well as the missionary where we talk about Christ, but then we bring in all the other sm uh, smaller details that we just think are so important instead of leaving the Holy Spirit to guide each person mm -hmm. as far as what they need to shed or what they need to focus on. So are you then saying that it, it isn't necessary to be a Christian in order to be saved? I would say that's not my place, but that's getting into a very deep <laughs> theological discussion. It, it is. You I, know, but it, it, the word, what is it, in Acts 4.12, it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under which heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Mm -hmm. But that's, once, that's Jesus. I don't know what that means. You know, I, I keep coming back. This definition of Christian, it's, it's changed over time. I like this quote from Ellen White. Um, it's from Desire of Ages, page 638, and this is a paraphrase of it. They've never, uh, let's see, where are we? They may not have known the written law of God, but they've heard his voice speaking to them in nature and have done things that the law required. Their works are proof that the Holy Spirit has touched their hearts and they are recognized as the children of God. This is for those, she starts up, among the heathen, there's, there are those who worship God unknowingly and and that is so powerful to me because mm. I've had so many conversations with people from so many different religions and when I hear them speak I'm thinking these people are better Christians than most Christians I know hmm. and, and that's not to say all Christians are bad it just right. we have the ones well, that are the vocal absolutely. arrogance that comes absolutely. across what I mean by that to say is is that the principles that we ascribe to as Christians aren't only ours. And we seem to think that being good, <laughs> being just, being loving, being kind are only things a Christian can be. Now, for those who that have that aversion to Mrs. White, and there are some that do, both within the church and outside, John 10, 16 says, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the, this is Jesus that says, "I must bring them also. They will listen. They too will listen to my voice." Right. And I think it, it's important for us to, as, as Christians to understand that we are we are going back to the judge. We are held accountable to how much truth that we have been we have received and how it's been how it's been portrayed to us and our response to it. I mean, there I know a lot of people. I'm related to some of them who know the truth and then choose to walk away. Mm-hmm. And then there are others, again, some of them who I'm related to, who've never heard of it. And ha- their, their demeanor, everything about it is, is completely different. Right. Because only the Holy Spirit truthfully and honestly knows what's happening with each, within each individual. Mm-hmm. Only the Holy Spirit knows the, what is being said and are they responding to what is being said. Right. We are not those people who are not in their minds, we're not in their brains, we're not with them all day, every day. And even to that point, we're still not sure of what they're hearing or thinking about or what is happening. And so only the Holy Spirit will know if they have chosen Christ, if they have chosen to listen to that voice. Our job is to love, to share, to, to, to listen, to love, to share, to listen, to love, love, love. And that's what our job is. Not to say, well, it seems that you haven't heard what we're saying. And right. so you're because going you to go. Because you haven't changed to what which, you right. see. Which right. gets you gets to this, the example of <laughs> Peter and Paul. Both of them felt that they were saved. Right. Mm. Both of them, one because of the proximity to Jesus, the other because of the proximity to the institution, both believed that they had the right to sit there and figure out well, yes, yes, no, yes, yes, no, you're the wrong, whatever. But in, in Acts chapter 4, you got the story of Cornelius and Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that talk tell you about understanding God's mission? Well, I'd say that it shows that the mission is for basically everybody. And I wanted to, I wanted to mention one thing from earlier, that what I love about the idea that you don't just have to be Christian. You don't just have to be one set thing. Is that it shows a very fair God. Mm-hmm. Because I would think, what about those people that haven't been touched by technology or people outside of their tribe or anything like that? They would just be lost if it, it came down to the letter of the law. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting wanted. back to you. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, Sorry. technology I, and Peter? <laughs> which, which part of Roman now? You know, in my head it made sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I understand what you're saying. Doesn't it always? <laughs> I understand what you're saying. You know, you cannot. There are people that haven't received it. There are people that that you know have not had the opportunity. Is mm-hmm. that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. I mean, to me, it, I love the image that it shows to me that God is a fair God. So instead of judging everyone by the same standard, God judges them based on what they know, what they've heard, how they've lived their lives, based on a standard that I cannot judge on. And there's also the important fact that sometimes I as a Christian, meaning you as as a non-Christian, my example of how I represent uh, God and Christ could be so repulsive that you want nothing to do with the Bible. Mm. But God will, and God doesn't judge you because of that that repulsion. He judges me more of how I I, I set you, pushed you away. You know, and I think that's that's important for us to understand. We don't, we can't just say just because I have this, I'm going to thonk you over the head, and you will understand right. because the act that I just did is probably going to push, uh, send you further away from God than anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and getting back to Peter and Paul that I pulled us away from, but <laughs> I feel like they kind of learned a little bit of that as well because they were used to 
you know, like you were saying, proximity. They were used to, this is where we were, this is what's appropriate, and what God gave them was a wider scope mm -hmm. of what really mattered. Acts 4, you know, it's the Roman, it's the so-called heathen, that had more faith and did more as a missionary than the person who actually walked with walked on water. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, that for me in terms of how missions works today is very important, is I could be doing that work that I think is of God for all my life, but because I haven't actually listened to God, mm -hmm. it's a person outside of my gate who, figuratively speaking, who probably knows more about God than I do. And I, and, and I think it was Acts 10, which is with actually with Cornelius. Um, it's Acts 10? It's Acts 10. Yeah, Sorry. that's okay, you know. We're human. <laughs> Same book. But, I'm more <laughs> human than most. <laughs> but in it, you know, I, I, when it starts off in Acts 10 in the second, second verse, it says, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. So it appeared by, I guess, from his, his, his being um, uh, a centurion and so forth that he didn't know anything. But he, it says that he feared. He knew something. He was aware. He was aware. And maybe it didn't translate at first. I'm just thinking of, you know, because I wasn't there and I'm not sure. I'm just imagining how this could look and, and so forth. But it might have appeared that he didn't know, but he did know. Mm -hmm. And because he knew, and that's when it goes into the rest of it and Peter was given the vision and that's, yep. it's, it's yep. opened up to everyone. In Acts 10. In Acts 10. Right. <laughs> it's opened up to everyone at that point. And so then Cornelius is, um, he's able to now receive that because he believed. Mm -hmm. It might not have looked originally how Peter thought it should look or how it should fall down or how it should trickle down. But God said, Christ said, what God has cleansed you must not all, you must not call uncommon. He says it in Acts 10 verse 15. And that is very important that we are so busy trying to call people common. Mm -hmm. We're trying to make them something. And God is like, Categorize them. Categorize. And he's yeah. like, you don't know. I see that happen. Where all, were you? I see that happen all the time on Christian television. Not on this channel. I, you know, I, don't, I, I see this happen on Christian channels all the time, you know, where they pick on Hollywood, they pick on all these people who don't profess to live by this word, but we hold them accountable to something that they may not be aware of and maybe repulsed of because of the witness of some people. Um, the, a good example of, of this same thing is El Elijah and the woman from Zarephath. Mm. The woman from Zarephath was the same ethnic group as Jezebel, mm -hmm. and, and, and God takes him to the same people that he might be either have a prejudice or bias against and says, this is where you're going to be fed. This is where you're going to find home. And that whole example of it coming through, you know, I, I see God doing this throughout the biblical narrative. It's just not Peter or Paul, but throughout the biblical narrative is be friends to people. And if they hate you, fine, there's a different course we take, but be friends. The question is, must the... It, the, the the title of this one is Must the Whole World Hear? And are we so busy standing off in another place, pointing fingers, instead of taking the message? Right. I think the question is, right. what, are the whole, what is the whole world What are they hear? hearing? What are they hearing? Right. Are are, what, what are we doing? Right. What are we, how are we living? Right. Are we going to Hollywood or all these places that we, that we have deemed so untouchable and sharing the gospel of Jesus? Are we right. loving and saying, hey, I'm building relationships, not for financial gain, not for any of that, specifically just because Jesus has asked us and has not asked, commanded us mm -hmm. to go out and to help share the gospel? Well, it seems I'll, like, I'm sorry, it seems like the most outspoken groups are the ones that are condemning people's lifestyles, they're condemning people's beliefs, things like that. And instead of really sharing the gospel, which is Jesus, 
and good news and love and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and it, a call to responsibility. It's not like we go say, you can do whatever. There is a call to responsibility, but the call is gentle. It's like when Christ calls. He, it is a, it's a very gentle call that actually makes people become responsible. Somebody was <laughs> telling me about how they, they discipline their children. Mm -hmm. If you keep telling a child, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, they're going to continue to want to know want to do it but if you give them another give them a positive alternative and say have you thought about doing this or why don't you think why don't you do this instead it's like oh did not see i could do that <laughs> the do not will make them want to do it yeah. but then give them a positive a alternative a positive option and now it's like let's go in that direction mm -hmm. there was a gentleman at our church who recently got baptized um brought by some of his neighbors who have been praying for him for eight years mm -hmm praying for this neighbor and for eight years and developing a relationship and he came to church and so forth and the story goes he was moved by the music he was moved by everything else and he had really felt for some time that he had been running from God this gentleman had a business and it was open on Sabbaths nobody took the time and nobody spent any time saying in order for you to become a Christian or for, in order for you to profess Jesus or so forth, stop your business on Sabbath. But guess what the Holy Spirit did? The Holy Spirit impressed upon him to stop doing his business on Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And he had one of the best quarters ever. Not because people chose or his neighbors chose to try to line up what they felt was the check mark to for meet Christ yeah. for becoming a Christian, all they did was just say, come on. And the Holy Spirit then did the job. And we try too often to do the work of God, yeah. to mm -hmm. do the work of the Holy Spirit, instead of just sharing how the Holy Spirit has helped us and led us and let the Holy Spirit take it from there. Yeah. People, need, people need to see what it is you're professing as truth. They need to see it lived out. Mm. That's what Jesus did. Jesus came here and he lived out a purpose. He lived out a mission. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes as missionaries, as people who are representative, they'll go out and they're looking for an agenda to complete, not mm -hmm. realizing right. the mission right. is to live, live it through. I, th I think, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things we fail to realize when we read scripture is back in the day with Paul and the apostles, the gospel went to Syria. The gospel went to these places right now <laughs> that are in such turmoil. Mm -hmm. So it's not like those, pe those people back, their ancestors did not hear the message. Somewhere along the long line, the, mes the message became an agenda mm -hmm. rather than the gospel. Right? Mm. And there is the crux of missions today. Is it an agenda or is it a mission? Right. Um, and that's a pow powerful warning because if you look at it today, I would almost say that it seems more of an agenda, mm -hmm. which is kind of scary. So if, if being a Christian, <laughs> if, if you can be saved without hearing the gospel, what's the point of being out there in missions? risking your life, risking the lives of the people you love. I think it's, you know, it's even in a more practical sense, it's quality of life. And I would even say if you've got, if you've got the gospel, you've got a reason to, to be alive. You've got a reason that you're thankful for. Like there's so much that you're thankful for God. It, I feel like it just puts life in perspective. I and that's practical. <laughs> that discussion went all over the place, but it did come out cool. So I appreciate, your, uh, I appreciate what you had to say. Um, and I think it's important, again, for big missionaries, we set 
we are the examples of Jesus and follow his ways. Uh, this is probably going to be one of, one of the last three times I'm going to be on the show. So I thank you. Um, and I thank you for watching. If you'd like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, this time I'm Falvo Fowler. Thank you.